Good evening again, everyone, and welcome to the Glean Podcast. You know what to do if you are on Facebook. Go over and click the thumbs up button to like it. Hit the share button, share it on your page so it can reach all the people on your friends list. Also, if you're on YouTube, you can share it through text, uh, like it. Also on Facebook and YouTube, be sure to comment. Uh, let us know where you're from, uh, where you're watching from. And throughout the podcast, if you have any questions or concerns, uh, just make sure to put them in the comments. If we get them while we're live, we'll respond live if we can. Uh, if it's after we're live, we'll still try to respond back to you. We keep monitoring uh, all the comments. So feel free if you have any questions or concerns to put them in the comments. And uh, just let us know that you're with us the whole time, not falling asleep. So we know we're not getting bored and people falling asleep while they're watching us. But we're glad to have you. Uh, we're one short tonight, so it's just going to be me and Josh tonight. But we're going to get into a touchy subject uh, for a lot of people. Um, it's caused a lot of controversy. Uh, used to it was just controversy uh, between the church and then the secular world. But now it's even crept into the church, and there's churches that have tried to uh, – I don't know for lack of better words, they've tried to justify it. Uh, but the reason I felt that it was important to talk about it this week and probably next week is we have a, a ruling coming down from the Supreme Court on Roe versus Wade. So we're going to be spending tonight and uh, maybe next Wednesday night, and we're going to talk about abortion, and we're going to look at it from the biblical side. We're also probably next week going to look at it some statistical uh, facts about abortion. Uh, and if everything goes right next week, we're going to have a very, very special guest I'm excited about. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who it is, but uh, you're going to be blessed, I promise you. And this person spent, uh, I think, the earlier part of the 80s and uh, would go around to churches and share on abortion. Uh, but that's all I'm going to say, because if I say much more, I might give it away. But uh, I know they're watching tonight, so get ready. And you, I've done called you out on, on live uh, podcast, so you're going to have to show up. So anyway, without further ado, we'll jump into this. But we're going to start talking about abortion and Roe versus Wade. And what a lot of people are misunderstanding Roe versus Wade, a lot of people think that, well, if they overturn Roe versus Wade, then it does away with abortion, but it does not. All Roe versus Wade does is it takes the government's opinion or uh, issues on abortion and their rulings, and it puts it back into the hands of the states, which that should be. Uh, I know New York, I was reading an article today New York has already fortified some of their laws protecting uh, full-term abortion. Uh, so even if Roe versus Wade is overturned, it won't affect the state of New York. Uh, if you live in New York, you might want to move because it may fall off into the ocean. I don't know. Uh, but there'll be other states that will be able to do the same. Uh, but in different states, they'll be able to determine. And you say, well, how do we make sure that our state does right? 
we need to make sure as a church, as body of believers, we put Christian people in office. And, you know, I know a lot of people say, well, yeah, but what about the separation of church and state? Well, you need to go research the separation of church and state. Basically, separation of church and state meant that as the, the states grew and there become more states, that the, the government would not take one denomination of the Bible and go with that. In other words, they wouldn't govern according to a Baptist doctrine or a Presbyterian or Pentecostal, whatever you would want, but it had to just be strictly based off of the Word of God. And I know some people say, well, we're not a Christian nation, but the fact is we're one nation under God. And when those men come across the, the big ocean, the big pond, and dock the boat against the shores on the East Coast, they got off the boats and they made a covenant with God Almighty. So that, if anything, they, this is a nation founded under God, and we need to get back to godly principles. And, you know, churches that say it's okay at any point uh, to have an abortion, you know, you need, if you go to a church anywhere, uh, you need to ask your pastor, well, what's your stance on abortion? You know, and if he is for it, then you need to find somewhere else to go to church. Any, any pastor that thinks it's okay for the shedding of innocent blood is not preaching the Bible. They're not lined up with the word of God. And, you know, I know I may get in trouble for this and I may uh, get some bad comments or whatever, but that's fine. It, it don't bother me. Uh, I'm going to preach the word of God and I'm going to give you the viewpoints based upon the word of God. And then you do with them what you want. But when you take the shedding of innocent blood and you, you abort children, God is not happy. And when we start looking at the way they're talking about protesting in Roe versus Wade, uh, even the, uh, I don't even like calling him president, but Biden said in, in an interview that if Roe versus Wade was overturned, that there would be rioting. There would be a, a revolution. Well, you know, it, why? Why? You know, the devil is why. You see, these people, it's not because they care. You know, our government likes to act like they care about uh, women. They don't. It's a money racket for them. It's child sacrifice for them. And I know some people say, oh, Wesley, you're going way off on a tangent. No, no, you'll see. Just watch. But you see, it's a money racket for them. They're making money hand over fist, and imagine all of the Billy Grahams, the Martin Luther Kings, uh, all these different amazing people like them that have been aborted. I mean, what, what kind of uh, technology or inventors have been aborted because they were never given a chance? You know, and I know a lot of people say, well, it's not right that a, a, a woman should have to have a baby if, if she can't afford to support it. Well, 
That's true. Uh, I could agree with that, but I'm going to take it one step further. Back, if you can't afford a child, then you shouldn't be doing things that would cause you to have a child. You understand what I'm saying? That's why in our society, our, our, our Hollywood, the music industry, everything has, has pushed promiscuity, fornication, sex. Uh, it, it's something natural. We just have it with anybody and everybody. And when that happens, then we have children that are born or are, are conceived and then people, well, uh, it was, you know, we, we're not in love. We don't want to have a child. So we're just going to go murder the child. And God is not pleased with America. And I believe that there has been a curse on this nation ever since Roe versus Wade came into effect. And, you know, used to, even if it was an abortion, it was uh, the first trimester or then it's crept into the second trimester. Then it moved all the way into the third. And now there's even some doctors saying that you should be able to run full term in your pregnancy, have the child, and then while they're cleaning the baby up and taking care of the mother, she can decide whether she wants the child or not. And, you know, it's those things, you know, and I even had somebody the other day said to me, that, um, you know, well, what if what if the doctor comes in and says that this child is, is going to be born uh, deformed or have complications and it's going to have maybe have these things the rest of its life? Uh, it would be best to go ahead and abort it. And I looked at them and I said, well, how about a four year old child that come, come come down with something? How about? How about a three-year-old kid, a two-year-old, maybe a six-year-old, that something happened uh, at that age and they become deformed or or uh, had some brain injuries or things like that because they're going to have a rough life? Or are you going to just go ahead and kill them? Because in the wound, that heart is beating, blood is flowing. And you see, that's no different than when they're two years old, three years old, six years old. Uh, God says life begins when blood flows. Well, the world says life begins at the first breath. And you see, when conception is done between a man and a woman, and I'm, I'm not going to give the sex education class tonight. Uh, we may do that later on sometime. But, um, you know, when, when that conception happens, Life happens, you know, and, and God's hand is on that. The scriptures say that before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. You see, there is no, no child born, no child conceived that God didn't already know who they were, who their parents would be. He already knew before the foundations of the world, before he ever created the earth, before he said light be and light was, he already knew you, and he already knew every child that would be conceived, when they would be conceived, under what conditions they would be conceived. And he knew, and he had a plan for them. But you see, Satan wants to destroy the plans of God. 
That's why abortion is such a, a vile topic to a lot of people is because when Roe versus Wade is overturned, I believe that the curse that has been on this nation will be lifted. And I believe that the saints of God need to be ready for revival. And, you know, uh, I think it was Pastor Alan Nadeo said that every, and I really like this, every riot is a missed revival. Well, there's going to be rioting when Roe versus Wade is overturned, but I also believe there's going to be revivals. Revivals will always uh, supersede. They will always quieten down riots. Why? Because the power of God is stronger than the power of the enemy. The power of the enemy is no match for what God has in store for this nation. But we have to be ready. We have to give answers to people why we believe like we believe. Why do we think that abortion is wrong? You know, uh, I, I was there when my daughter was born. I was there when my son was born. How in God's name anybody could look at the innocence of a child and say, I don't want it, kill it. it it's demonic. It, it, there's no other way to explain it. There's no other answer for it. It's demonic. And we'll touch on this a little more next week, but I know some people say, but yeah, but what about a woman that was raped or uh, what about a baby that was conceived through incest? Uh, that's a very minute number, very, very minute number when you look and break down abortions. One of the number one reasons, the number one percentages of abortions, and I think it's around 80%, but I'll get more exact numbers for next week. Uh, one, of, one of the main reasons is just because they just didn't want it. You know, and my question to all these people that are pro-abortion is what would you done? How would you feel, uh, you know, if, if your parents would have aborted you? You know, how would you feel? Uh, well, first of all, you wouldn't be here, you know, but if we keep pushing the issue of abortion uh, and, and the church is quiet, then, then God's not going to do fully what he wants to do in this nation because we are allowing our children to be sacrificed. You say, what do you mean? The scriptures talk about sacrificing. When you abort a child, it is a sacrifice to Satan. There's no ands, if, or buts about it. You can try to come up with any excuse you want. You can come up with any reasoning you want uh, to make yourself feel good. That You do whatever you want. But the Word of God specifically talks about the shedding of innocent blood, and it's sacrificial to demonic spirits. So you need to be aware of that. When that is stopped by our government, Satan's hold over this nation will be broken, and I believe we'll have revival more than we've ever seen it. You see, abortion is demonic from the, from the get-go. Uh, there, there's no excuses. I know people talk about, well, you know, uh, what about if you have to choose between the mother and the child? Well, if you have to choose between the mother and the child and there's only one that can be saved, you choose the mother. Why? Well, because 
you can, I, me and my wife could have a child. We can try again, but I don't need another wife. I don't, I don't need that. That is a time where I believe that, that, that that's okay because in the Bible it says, for this reason shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. You see, marriage, when we get married, that's our number one reason is to procreate. So if I had to choose, then I think you, you're justified in it because, uh, you know, your wife, you, you can have a child again. But other than that, uh, you know, people can come up with a lot of different reasons about, well, if, it, if a child was conceived uh, through rape or, or whatever, the, the trauma to it, uh, you know, it's just not right to raise that child. But it's not the child's fault. That child had nothing to do with the fact that a woman was raped, you know. And I know there's people that's had abortions. And if you're watching tonight and you've had an abortion, I'm not browbeating and fussing at you. I'm telling you that there's forgiveness through Jesus Christ. The blood that was shed, there's forgiveness, and he will forgive you. He'll wash you clean of that. And that child that you aborted, you'll see again in heaven. You know, I know that there, there's millions of children. I think it's somewhere between 50 million and 80 million children that have been aborted uh, in America since uh, Roe versus Wade or since abortion has become legal in the United States of America. Every one of those children are in heaven, running around in heaven. You say, well, yeah, that's great. Well, yeah, that is. I'm glad they went to heaven. But they had a purpose here on earth, and because of demonic forces legalizing abortion in this country, those plans and purposes for those children were thwarted and they were done away with because our governments decided that it would say it's okay. And, and the bad thing is we have to pay for it. We have to pay, us taxpayers, you and I, we have to pay with our tax dollars for people to go out, have illicit sex, party, do whatever they want, no matter the consequences, we'll just have an abortion, and then it, the bill's on me and you. And you see, those things need to stop. They need to stop, and they need to stop now. Now, concerning abortion, the book of Psalms, chapter 106, starting with verse uh, 34 it says that they served their idols, which became a snare to them. Now, notice it said they served idols. Look at our music industry, like I talked about earlier, or look at Hollywood. Everybody wants to be like a celebrity. Everybody wants to look a certain way. Everybody wants to act a certain way. Why? Because we see these celebrities, they have fame, they have fortune, uh, you know, all this money, they have all this prestige. We want to be like them, so we act like them. And they become our idols, but they also become a snare. Then it goes on and says they even sacrificed, listen, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters to demons and shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and their daughters whom they sacrificed to idols of Canaan. And the land was polluted with their blood. Thus they were defiled by their own works, and they played harlot by their own deeds. Therefore, the wrath of the Lord was kindled against his own people. 
so that he abhorred his own inheritance, and he gave them into the hands of the Gentiles. Those who hated them ruled over them. Now, you see, there's something we need to look at. I, I alluded to this a little bit earlier. The rulers of our government right now, the ones in charge, they, they don't like us, especially if you're a Christian. They don't like you. You, 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 you're a hindrance to them. You know, they don't like us. They don't like the prosperity of all the American people. They want a select few, an elite group to, uh, to have that control. But it says their enemies also oppressed them and they were brought up into subjection under their own hand. So you see a lot of what we're having to deal with now is our own fault under our own works, under our own hand of allowing things to happen the way they've happened. It's because some that the church has been quiet and then some that we've just stood back and we've let elected officials tell us how we need to be governed. And, you know, the thing is the elected officials are elected for the people by the people. Our government should work for us doing what we ask them to do. We, but now we've got these elitist people in our government offices telling us how much of this we need, how much of that we need, how we need to do this, how we need to do that. I don't need them to tell me how to live. I need them to govern to keep our country safe and to keep things flowing in our country. But you see, everything's turned around. Then when you go on down, if you look in Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy, he also talks there about the shedding of innocent blood. Uh, Deuteronomy 27, verse 25 says, Cursed is the one who takes a bribe to slay an innocent person. And all the people shall say amen. To me, that's talking to the doctors that perform abortions, they're getting paid. You say, well, that ain't a bribe. Well, it don't matter. They're taking money to perform a satanic ritual, to pull an innocent child out of the womb of a mother. And next week, uh, you know, when that special guest comes in, they're going to go through the different uh, processes and what it does to that, that, that child inside that womb. It's demonic. It's sickening. But you see, God is not happy with the shedding of innocent blood. And, you know, they're even in our schools now. You know, they're getting it to the point now to where they're telling our, our daughters that if you get pregnant, you can go to the social worker and they can line up the abortion for you and you don't even have to tell your parents. It just don't make any sense. Why Why would that be okay that, that you're teaching our children that there's some things they do, there's going to be mistakes they're going to make that their parents don't need to know about? You see, that's causing division. That's causing uh, children to think that, well, I don't have to answer to authority. Being the parent, which should be the ultimate authority in a child's life, 
but they're they're creating avenues to say you go on and live like you won't live in sin do like you want and whatever the consequences are we'll help you take care of it so that you can get an education you know instead of teaching in school that that you need to abstain from having sex until marriage you know but they want to give them out condoms and contraceptives and everything else and say that it's okay you know so we have to look at what abortion has caused in this country and the down the roads that we're going on. You know, there was even a woman reporter. Uh, I can't remember her name exactly. Maybe I can find it out for next week. But she said herself that she would like to have sex with it was with one of these uh, Republican governor senators, I think congressman that was against it. She said it would be an honor to her to have sex, a one-night stand with this senator, get pregnant, and then abort the child. Now, you see, that's as demonic as demonic can get. That is the voice of Satan coming through that woman. The open on air, and, and they were people laughed about it, thought it was funny. Uh, and that's that's the state of our nation. That's where we've gotten to is that even when these people talk about the shedding of innocent blood, the murdering of innocent children, helpless children. They laugh about it now. It's funny. And, you know, we as Christians need to, to start going and, and, you know, we need to show up in force in our school board meetings and demand from our uh, school board uh, people you know, and our principal, what, what is, what are you teaching our children? What's accessible to our children? You say, well, that's none of y'all's, but no, it, it's my business. That's my child. You know, now I'm thankful, uh, that i both of mine are now out. Uh, I don't have to worry about the school system as far as for my children, but I'm willing to fight for other people's children, you know? And, you know, I think that's, you know, maybe Josh, get your opinion. Where do you see our school system going uh, as far as when it comes to, to what they're allowing uh, as far as sex and, and uh, things they hand out and what they're okay in? Yeah, so um, yeah, some of the things that I've seen. It, so this year we were given a policy through the school system and it detailed a pretty extensive amount about kids. And so they were looking for a lot of information regarding, you know, everything within the household, um, how, how the child identified, uh, which was kind of alarming because when we start broadening the scope of how we're classified or how we classify a person, and breaking, trying to break down identities. I, I, I heard that there was there seventy something identities out there. Yeah, seventy plus identities. Like the last time that I looked, there's only two identities in a human being. There's either a male or a female. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of alarming to hear that uh, yeah. this year. But also just in regards to 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 how things are taught. And and here's the thing. And I'll say this to every parent, and I'll be very specific in saying this. 
if if you're not having the conversations with kids regarding sex now, your school system is having that conversation. And and that's in that conversation, you're allowing them, the school systems and our state and local governments to open that box up to to infiltrate your kids for whatever they want to put on them. And so they're in a, they're in a four. They create another identity. They're, the whole the whole ploy that I see that comes out of um, the politics that are going on currently right now in America um, is they're trying to break us down, and their their process of breaking us down is the process to exploit us. Right. If they can break down the identification, then they can cause barriers or walls. Mm-hmm. And the more that they can continue to do this, and and they're doing it, uh, uh, they're doing it brassfully right now in their in our school systems, and so as a parent, you're to teach your kids of these things. I my kid had just we taught him in the fifth grade. Mm-hmm. We went through sex and everything with him in the fifth grade. Again, I don't want somebody else teaching my my child about sex. I had that. I remember whenever I was young, I had a pretty intimate conversation with my parents mm-hmm. whenever I was that age. Um, and I think that's the way that it should be. And I'm not talking about sugarcoating it. Right. I'm not talking about just like, you know, blase, this is how it happens. No, I'm talking about like go into detail and then allow your, your kid or your child to question right. some of the things that are going on so that they can understand for themselves. Um, it, I, I know parents now, they hadn't said anything to their kids. And they're, mm-hmm. you know, and... And those kids going um, currently right now, Zane's in sixth grade, going into the seventh grade. Um, it, it's going to be a sticker shock to those kids, right? Yeah. Because they haven't had any kind of discussion. And so kids are going to talk amongst kids. If your kids are talking amongst them, they're going to have other, you know, philosophies and ideas. So, so I, I'm going back to the point is that they are putting a lot of strain and stress on to our kids. Uh, I think it's within seventh grade that they'll start talking about intimately about sex within the kids. Right. I haven't seen that come out. Um, and then we've already indicated to our child, Hey, let us know if, if these conversations come up so that we can head that conversation off mm-hmm. and, and, and talk about those things. But the, the, he, and he, I'll say this real quick. And I know this is just slightly going off topic is we really value like, our, our child's development, and I would say this for every parent out there, that, that if you value your child's development, don't rush your child into a relationship that they're not even ready or mentally able to take care of. Everybody right. thinks they got to have a boyfriend and a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I get those things, but allow that thing just to maturate naturally and mm-hmm. not something that feels like they have to do that yeah. for their child. Therefore, if we do that, we will 90% probably – fix any kind of uh, 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 premarital uh, sex. Yeah. You know, because, number one, we've talked about it. Number two, we've explained the importance of the marriage and and the importance of sex and why that's Mm -hmm. important. Uh, And then we're not pushing them to have a relationship right now for them to explore life a little bit and for them to understand male and female, right? Right. And And to develop those things. But going back to that conversation, the school system's bombarding our kids, they're they're trying to break down gender uh, generalities in, in our children. They're trying to uh, program the kids 
and, and almost it's in the uh, it's a mentality standpoint as well regarding sex, regarding life and uh, drugs and um, the explicitness that they're doing within um, community outreach that they're bringing in the transgender community, the homosexual community, and all those all those folks together. They got an acronym that's about 18 miles too long. S somebody's going to lose out on that deal in the long run, uh, and they're going to all be mad. But um, you know, it, it, it we we have to have serious dialogue and conversations with our kids, and that's. The problematic is we've not had those conversations or dialogues. Uh, and, and, and look, I'll say this. That also hasn't happened in the church. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That has not happened in the church. Yeah. That's, uh, I don't know, one of the things I think I feel like, I don't know, I, and I think I've, I've said this from the pulpit before, the church, That's if there's one thing I know in my heart that the church has failed. And I mean, we have failed miserably in the church. As far as teaching is sex. We, we, we have, uh, we have shunned it. You, you couldn't say sex from the pulpit. You, you couldn't talk about intimacy between a man and a woman from the pulpit because that's not the place that you shouldn't talk about that. You know, and in doing so, we have raised congregations, congregants, members of our church that come into the church with preconceived ideas about what sex is, how sex should be, and uh, they've just carried them on and built their religion uh, around their ideas because the church has been quiet about it, you know, and, you know, I, I think I shared this last week on the Father's Day messages, fathers especially. And if you're, you're a man watching me, you need to teach your sons how to respect a woman. Uh, th these young girls, uh, you know, they, they watch all these other, they watch all these YouTube videos. They see all these celebrities. They try to look like them, act like them. And all these boys, all they want to do is get in their pants and then run off. You need to teach your, your sons how to be gentlemen. How to, a woman is not an object. She's not a piece of meat. She's not a trophy to put on your wall. She is a diamond to be valued, you know, to be nurtured, to be protected. And, and she's not just a piece of meat. But we have taught our boys to objectify women, you know, and girls, you know, dads, you, you, just because it, you have a daughter don't mean you can't be right in the middle of her life. You know, I've said this before, you know, I used to sit up and do daddy-daughter dates with my daughter. Uh, she's 24 now, but, you know, I, I may do one again before long. Why? Because... I want my daughter to set a standard and show my daughter that here's a standard you need to base when you, when you're looking for a man, you need, you know, when I take her out, we dress up nice. I open the door for, her. we'll go somewhere. I valet, have the car valet park, take her to a very nice restaurant, high end restaurant, and then take her to the mall and let her shop. Why I'm teaching her that, 
Um, this is what you look for in a man. Anything below what you, your daddy has provided for you or done for you, then if there's anything less than that, kick them to the curb because they're not worth it. They're not worth you messing with. And we need to be open with our children about these, these kind of things. And it needs, again, going back to the church, we need to teach it from the pulpit. Sex is not a dirty word. Sex is a good word under the right circumstances. God created it. God made it enjoyable between one man and one woman. But you see, the world has, has, has took it. Satan has took the one, one thing. God, there's two things in the, in the earth that, that, that God instituted. It was the church and it was marriage. And you see, the enemy, if he can destroy the marriage, if he can destroy the family unit, then he can ultimately destroy the church. So what we've done is by the church being quiet on these things, our church family, people come into church, they go home, they have all these other things going on, and all these parents, they're, you know, uh, they're trying to make all this money so that they can... Uh, give their children everything they want. You know, uh, it's okay to tell your kids no. No, is some some parents you need to go when you when you get done watching this podcast. You need to go into your bathroom, look in the mirror, and practice saying the word no. It will not warp your child's personality. It, it, if they get a tantrum tantrum, that's why they got padding on their backside. Wear it out. You know. Uh, but we, we're so consumed with our kids having everything that they ask for or want. It's, it's not bad to want to give them those things. But when you're so busy chasing all these uh, financial goals in your life, and, and, and you need to be prosperous. God wants us prosperous. But, you know, I was thinking today, parents, don't let your dreams destroy your legacy. You see, your dreams are what God put in you to achieve, but your legacy is in your children. Your legacy is, is finished. It's a finished work through your children, your grandchildren. So what are you teaching them? Are you teaching your children that, hey, I've got to go work. I need to go work two jobs so that I can pay for you to have your dance classes and your travel ball and have your playstations and your motorcycles and all the stuff you want, your iPhones. And you're, you're so busy working that you've left your kids to be babysat by TV. Well, what's our TVs? That comes from Hollywood. That comes from uh, uh, the music industry. And there's nothing coming out of Hollywood. There's nothing coming out of the music industry that is positive, that is good for our children. But you see, we're letting these, these younger generations are being raised by TV, by Hollywood, by these celebrities, you know, by these NFL players that, that say they oppressed and got it bad and they struggle in life, but they signed $30 million contracts to, to play football. You know, uh, you, you, you've got baseball players and basketball players and, and all these celebrities that, that beat their wives, that have two or three wives and ten kids. And all our kids are seeing is 
man, they got the life. Look at what they're driving. Look at what they're living in. I want to be like them. When they need to be taught that, look, when you get married, you not only make a covenant between a husband and a wife, but you made a covenant also with God. So when that covenant is broken, you've not only broke it between a man and a woman, but you've broken it between God. You see, we have to look at these things and see what happens is people have illicit sex and affairs and a woman will get pregnant. And I know that there's, you know, talking about abortion, a lot of people think that's just a topic for women. No, men, listen, if you have sex before marriage or uh, have illicit sex and you get a woman pregnant, you need to be man enough to support that child. I'm not saying you got to marry the woman, but that's your child. That's your responsibility. And one day you'll stand before God and you'll be held accountable for your actions. And you say, I'd rather fix it now than to stand before God. Cause once you stand before him, there is not a do over. There's not something that, Oh, let me get it right. Uh, let me try again. But you see, Going back to what you said, Josh, parents, your job is to be involved in your children's life. You know, I get amazed at parents, and, and I, we, we may be getting a little off subject here, but that's all right. Uh, I get amazed at parents that, that get their kids' phones, and their, their kids will put passcodes on them, and they won't let their parents in them. Let me tell you something. I paid for both my, my kids' phones. My wife knew their passwords to ever Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, or whatever else they was on. My wife had every one of their passwords, and we knew the passcodes of their phones. Why? They're my phones. I pay for those phones, and it's my responsibility to watch and check and be accountable for what my children are looking at and what they're discussing on these phones. And you see, there's predators out there. Parents, wake up. There's predators out there that are looking at your beautiful daughters posting pictures on Instagram and Facebook. And they're, they're commenting and telling them things and, and promising them things. You see, the enemy, he ain't holding back. And he's going after our children. He's going after the younger generations. And if we don't wake up, we're going to lose these younger generations because us older generations have got complacent. We've gotten quiet. We thought, well, what's the use? Well, they've got to learn it the hard way. No. Parents, you got to wake up because if we'll teach marriage in the home, if we'll teach sex education in the home, you say, well, uh, I don't know. I don't exactly know how. Uh, I'm just not comfortable with that. Well, you need to wake up. You're an adult. You, you are a parent. When you decided to be a parent, you didn't get to say, well, I'm just not comfortable. No, now you're a parent. It's your job. Because if we don't teach these things, the school system's going to. And if the school system's teaching it and Hollywood's teaching it and the music industry's teaching it, 
They're not teaching biblical principles about sex and marriage. And that's why we have this issue with abortion now. Because all these young men, they watch music videos or they watch these TV shows and these, these are beautiful women and they're flaunting their bodies all over the place. And the way these videos show it, it it's okay to do all that, you know, and, and we objectify. And that's the one thing that really confuses me. It blows, it blows my mind, even though I may just have a simple mind, but it blows my, what little bit I've got. Hollywood, the music industry, our government is always hollering about women's rights, women's rights, women's rights. But yet we will objectify women as sex objects all over our music, all over Hollywood. Every TV show you watch, a woman is nothing but an object. It's something to obtain. It's a trophy for a man. And, and we do that. We get them out there, and they go to these award ceremonies. They're half-naked, half-dressed, and, oh, isn't she beautiful? No, she needs to cover up. Why? Because there's parts of a woman that there's only one man supposed to see. And you see, even with, uh, I think it was with Playboy, they'd done an article, and they had done a survey that men have become dull to a woman that is uh, uh, fully nude. Why? Because it's everywhere. So w you see Hollywood and, and, and our, our secular society has taken away the beauty of a woman that only one man was supposed to enjoy, that only one man was supposed to see. So as they're objectifying women and then telling them that when you have sex, and, and you have a child, uh, well, you know, hey, just abort it. And then you can go back out and have sex again. And if you have another child, there's women that has had, I know, 25, 30, some of them, and they brag about it, how many abortions they've had. Well, my opinion, if, and I'm just going to be blunt, some of y'all going to like it, some of you ain't, but if you're a woman out there and you've had 25 abortions, you a hoe. That's just all you are. And there probably ain't many men going to want you after a while. You see, but that's okay for the world society. That's okay for secular society. And the church is just being quiet. We're not saying anything. And in the meantime, there's millions of innocent blood, innocent children being jerked out of the womb of a woman, being tortured in pain. And we don't think nothing about it. It's okay. It's all right. It's a woman's choice. It's a woman's right. You know, the big thing they say now is my body, my choice. You know, and I always wanted to flip that around on them because they'd say my body, my choice, but yet they wanted to force me to take a, a vaccine that didn't work. A vaccine that's now proven to make women and men both to where they can't have children. And it's facts. You can look it up. But my body, my choice. Well, I've got a scripture here. And this is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 18 through 20. 
And this is for all you women out there that like to scream, my body, my choice. And it says, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside of the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. And that's talking about male and female. It says, or do you not know, now listen, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which is God's. It doesn't matter if you were saved or if you're a sinner. Your body over 2,000 years ago when Jesus hung on the cross, when he shed his blood, he shed his blood for everyone. Your body is a temple of God, whether you choose to have your body and conduct your life in that way or whether you choose to live for Satan, your body is still a temple. It was bought with a price. So you want to run around, well, my body, my choice. No, it's God's. He paid for it with his son, with the shed blood 2,000 years ago. That's in the Bible. But you see, I guess the biggest thing tonight for parents that are watching, you have got to have these talks with your children. It's time, parents, to be parents, not their best friends. I, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I love hanging out with my son. I love hanging out with my daughter. Man, we have some good times. And as they've got older, yeah, it's more of a friend thing. But they know when I'm dad the friend, and they know when I'm dad the dad. They still can come to me with issues. There's nothing my children have done, and my children by far are not perfect. And I don't know anybody's that is. I sure wasn't when I was a child. I may have been close, but I wasn't. But my children can come to me with anything, and I'm not going to condemn them. I'm not going to shame them, but I will correct them, and I will guide them in the right direction according to the Word of God. It don't matter what their mistake was. God will forgive. And if God can forgive them, who am I to hold that against them? But it's our job as parents to lead our children in the right direction. Even if they're running wild at school and teaching all this crazy stuff, you teach your children right at home. The Bible says train up a child in the way that he should go. So when he's old, he'll not depart. If you'll put the word of God, if you'll put the right teaching, if you'll teach them about uh, relationships, if you'll teach them about sex, if you'll teach them about marriage, it doesn't matter what the schools teach. They'll know inside. They'll know in their spirit, no, nah, that ain't right. No, nah, what they're teaching is not right. What my mom and dad said, that's what the Bible says, and I know that's right. But you see, we've got to get, I like the song, I think for him, the old Christian band used to sing, we need to get back to the basics of life. I know we like to talk of all these, uh, you know, our denomination does this, and our denomination does that, and their denomination's doing this. Now, let's just get back to the basics first. 
Let's get those right. Let's teach that marriage is between one man and one woman. Let's teach that, look, whether you like it or not, there's only two genders in this world. You know, let's teach that sex before marriage is not right. And let's teach that sex is holy. You mean, what do you mean holy? It's sacred. God said it in his word. It is sacred between one man and one woman. Let's teach that. Let's teach respect. Let's teach that females are not objects to be obtained. And let's teach men that, that our job is not to chase down and try to fill up a scorecard with how many women we've slept with. Teach them how to be gentlemen, how to be respectful. If we'll start teaching our children how to add to society as a benefit and not a uh, crutch, you know, or somebody that, that, that uh, well, for lack of better words, that just sucks off the government and, and takes money from them and all this assistance, if we'll teach them how to do things right, the rest will fall in place and you'll begin to watch this nation turn. But you see, the church, we've got to wake up. We've got to take a stand. It's time, it's time to draw that line in the sand and say, uh-uh, no, we're not going to put up with this. Well, I just don't have time to go to a school board meeting. You better make time. Your children's lives depend on it. And if your children's lives depend on it, that means our society depends on it. You see, what we're facing now is not, it's no longer Democrat and Republican. It's no longer uh, Democrat and Republican and Independent or however you want to look at it. It is good versus evil. You see, Satan is trying to establish his kingdom before God comes and does what he's going to do, what we've been talking about in the, the previous episodes about the end times and about rapture. You see, Satan's wanting to cause perversion, which he's doing, and he's destroying these younger generations that they'll turn away from God and they'll live their life to suit them what feels good to them. Well, just however I feel loved and however I want to be, that's that. no, that's not it. Like we said, you were bought with a price. When we begin to teach our children and we begin to turn the course of this nation and the trajectory that we're headed for now, when we begin to turn that, God's presence is going to begin to flood the earth like never before. And again, listen, I'm not bashing you if you're a woman watching and you've had an abortion, listen, God forgives. And if he forgives, I forgive. I don't hold that against you. And neither will God if you'll ask for forgiveness. But you see, he loves you enough that he's willing to forgive you, not so that you can go do it again, but so that you can serve him, give your life to him. You young people, if you'll give your life to God, and quit looking for a woman, quit looking for a man, and just start seeking God, he'll send you the one that you're supposed to be with, the one that will support you, the one that will love you through thick and thin, the one that will help complete you and make you the person that God has called you to be. 
So you see, as we're watching this come in over the next, this week or next week, be praying that God's will be done on this earth, that abortion, that Roe versus Wade be overturned. Once it's overturned, the fight's not over. The fight's just begun because now it goes back to the states. But that don't mean, well, we just got, no, the church, we've got to stay, it, it's time to fight. We're in war. And it's time to be battle ready, to pray for our nation, to pray that God's hand comes back upon this nation, that preachers will begin to preach the truth from the pulpit, whether it's liked or disliked. We need that kind of preaching in our pulpits now, and we need to raise children that understand there's God's way and there's the world's way. God's way is life, it's health, it's victory, the world's way, you know, uh, I forgot one minister said with sin. You know, sin is fun, but it'll take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you're willing to pay. You see, yes, yeah, sin's fun. Why? Well, if it wasn't fun, we wouldn't struggle with it, would we? You see, our flesh man is enticed by the things of the world. But if we renew our mind through the reading of God's word, those things fall away. Because I would rather have Jesus in my life than anything this world has to offer. You know, the pre who was it said he'd rather have the presence of God than the world with a fence around it to call his own. And you see, we've got to start raising our children, you Christian men and women, Stand up. What's our schools teaching? What are your children watching on TV when you're not at home? What kind of music are they listening to? You know, that stuff now that they, they put, it's just, just disgusting. The lyrics that they put in these, and scientists have proven that music is the only thing that does not have to go through the mind. This is secular Scientists, not Christian scientists, secular scientists have proven that music is the only thing that does not have to go through the mind for mental reasoning, but it goes straight to the soul. You ever listen to them stupid commercials on TV and you'll an hour later you'll be humming a tune or something that's annoying as all get out. Why? Because it didn't go through here. It just went straight into here and you're hooked on it. You know, so... Be careful what your children are listening to. Be careful what they're watching. Guard who they hang around. You be careful who your kids' friends are. Well, I can't choose them. Yeah, you can. It's your job to be in every area of your children's life. If you do that and raise them according to the word of God, we'll be raising generations of people that's unashamed of the gospel that'll preach the word and help those that are hurting because not everybody's going to get that message. Not everybody's going to be saved. The world is still dark. Hollywood and the music industry and our gut, they're going to keep pushing these things, but it's time that the church pushes back. It's time that we fight back and quit being the, the quiet church on the corner that we want to come in on Sunday and get our amen, hallelujah, shake the preacher's hand, go home, eat Sunday dinner, and start our week all over again. Those days are gone. 
And it's time that we begin the fight for the generations that are coming after us. Well, listen, it's 8 o'clock. That's all the time we've got next week, God willing, and he is. Like I say, we're going to have a special guest, and I am so excited about it. But we're going to look a little closer at the statistics on abortion. We're going to look a little closer at some of the things, what happens, procedures and and different things like that, and how it affects the child and the woman. So listen, grab somebody, let them know what we're doing, share it, and you'll help us not only spread the gospel, but change somebody's life through the power of God. Until next week, God bless you. Have a blessed week, and we'll see you next Wednesday.